Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. Yeah, the Ohio State. Tell them, Fred. You can't wait. Oh, if you're an Ohio State fan like my man Jay Will on Keyshawn Johnson, Freddie Coleman, and Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin, presented by Progressive Insurance on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80, as well as ESPN News. You can always hit us up on Twitter anytime you have the Dr. Pepper Twitter feed. The boys are ready because college football is here. As a matter of fact, when it comes to Jay Will over there. Because it's Friday. I know. He's having because it's Friday Friday and college football. He's having because it's Friday, college football, and his Ohio State team key. One hey, yesterday. You see what I'm wearing, right? No, I, I can't. You see what Uh-oh. these are? Uh oh, look out now. What? He's board got, shorts. He, he, look at him. I got my board shorts on. Why are you showing us your shorts, dude? Why, Why are you doing Because I got my What's board shorts. It's Friday. <laughs> oh, that's what it is? Go. Okay. Oh, man. Come on, man. Board shorts, flip flops, t shirt. Let's go. Well, see, that's because that, that LA mentality. Yeah. I'm, that not, California, I, I, I'm not hating I can't on it, by the way. No, we're East Coast. Of course you're, you're, you're East Coast Ain't no kids. damn good water to go get in. <laughs> on, well, we unless go. you look on Twitter, see people do, doing backflips in water like they did in Pennsylvania after the whole Hurricane Ida remnant and everything like that. They look like you talking about Ohio State. Them kind of fools doing that nonsense yesterday. Well, we also have people on the lower east side of New York in floaties having cocktails. Just go. I, I can't. I can't. I can't. I can't co-sign that. Now, I've been bored. I've never been that bored before. Mm. So thankfully, Ohio State and college football yesterday took us from all that nonsense that people were doing. And Key, I'll start with you because so much about C.J. Stroud and what he's going to be the promise in terms of being that quarterback, being that next great quarterback at Ohio State, a true freshman. He struggled early, but once he got into the flavor of the game and having those guys on the outside, things got a lot better for Ohio State in the second half. Oh, no, it was a, it was a fun game to watch. I got an opportunity to see C.J. Stroud in high school because, again, He's another one of our Southern California guys that got away from the Pac-12 conference. And so having seen him in, in grow from high school to what he is now as a, fre- as, a, as a starter for the first time at Ohio State, yeah, he's going to struggle. Things are different. Now the live bullets is flying at him. And so when I look at his struggles in the first half, I don't really look at him and say, oh, my God, this kid is going to be in trouble. I looked at him and say, okay, there's a pass that's thrown slightly behind Chris Olave. If Chris Olave torques his body instead of putting one hand on the football and try and torque his body to catch it with two hands, maybe that's a reception. But when you're trying to pay attention to the defense, not get hit, and then sticking one hand up in the air, it's going to be a tip ball. Another high ball that was thrown kind of sailed away from him because he started off okay. I think he was five of seven initially, then he went three of seven at some point in the first half. But he got it together in the second half, and I thought he did a tremendous job. He led the charge, although I thought Minnesota played well, and I mm-hmm. thought Minnesota was going to actually win the football game, but Ohio State just has too much firepower. You see, I got a chance to listen to Ryan Day a ton over the summer in some of his press conferences, and when you think about C.J. Shroud, obviously comes in with a lot of recognition to be that player, but there, were, there was a line that Ryan Day said during halftime I think really resonated with me, especially being a young player that got thrown to the Wolves my freshman year. Mm-hmm. Um, keep swinging. And when you have guys like Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson, like the top receivers in college football, you saw how conservative they were in the first half, right? There was a lot more shorter routes. There were a lot more screen passes. And I think in the second half, you saw him let go a little bit. And there were some deep passes. I mean, he had passes for 70, 61 yards, 56 yards. And I think when you see him with that combination of Trayvon Henderson, that running back, I, this team is talented, man. And look, for a kid that didn't take a snap last year, didn't get a pass last year because of the way Justin Fields played in that short abbreviated season. I was thoroughly impressed with the way he handled being down in the first half. Well, when you have the ability to recruit like Ohio State does, you bring in those kind of guys. They keep the perspective, especially Ryan Day, that 
he knew, to Key's point, this was a kid last year that was in high school. He was not going to ask him the open full bore until he figured out, okay, okay, this is what we can do with him. Now we can make that work. They were able to not have Minnesota believe at a certain point because Minnesota was playing their behinds mm-hmm. off. Abraham was running the ball. He had 30 carries over 160 yards before he had that injury, and we're hoping that he's going to be okay. But when you have a coach in Ryan Day, Key and Jay, he's never going to panic. And if you feel that as a young player, you're saying, well, my coach still has faith in me, then there's no reason for me to go out there and try to do too much. And I thought we saw that from C.J. Stroud in the second half, that they let him ball a little bit, but they didn't ask him to do so much to the point that it was going to overwhelm him from being the kind of quarterback that they believe he's going to be. I'll tell you, the real test is going to be coming up. I mean, at Minnesota is one thing. You, you return back home, and all of a sudden now you're playing against Oregon. They got and some I, dudes. And Oregon has some We talked about this during the break. And that's going to be a real challenge to see how he handles that defense as well. well the he, great thing about Oregon, I mean, the great thing about Ohio State being in the horseshoe is that they're at home. Yep. Oregon struggles on the road. If you look at Oregon, when they go on the road, they don't typically play as well as they like. Uh, you know, a year ago, I watched them play at Arizona State. They lose that football game. I watched them down in Arizona. A year before that, they struggled to get out of Arizona against the Wildcats. Then you think about last year, opening day against Auburn. They struggled to win that football game. So it's 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 – it, it, better yet, they lost the game when they should have won the game against Auburn. So I watched Ohio State in the horseshoe and say, hey, you got a team like Oregon traveling all the way to Columbus, Ohio. They've got question marks on the offensive side of the ball as well. So it'll be interesting to see what Oregon brings. I know their secondary is solid and sound. They got a couple guys over there that could potentially go in the first round. Thibodeau's obviously there. Mm-hmm. Penny Sue's brother's one of the linebackers. That's a prospect. But overall, I think Ohio State just will have too much for the Ducks. Here's the best thing about, if you're an Ohio State fan, Jay Will, about what happened to your Ohio State football team last night, that you had to play a road game like that with a freshman quarterback mm-hmm. in that atmosphere. C.J. Stroud is going to have pressure on him, but that pressure would have been immense if, let's say, next week's game at home versus Oregon was the first game of his college career. He had a chance to go on the road and having that coach and that team around him. We're not talking about them expecting him to be the savior. There are enough guys, there are enough bras that can make plays for Ohio State. But can you imagine if this was next week and his first game in his college career would have been at home versus Oregon? This could have been the best thing for an Ohio State team to play that kind of road game in that kind of environment, and he was able to avoid a little early turbulence and be the ball in the second half that we saw. And let's not act like last year didn't happen, where you're playing in front of fans, that's a different feeling, It felt Fred. great watching it, it, Like, night. hearing that, like, feeling that, like, brought me back to moments as a player where you're like, damn, like, you know, look, a lot of players sometimes can put on those, those blinds, right, those horse blinders when you get in those moments. But for younger players, getting adjusted to that atmosphere, that sound, you know, communication, you know, at, at, at the line of scrimmage, communication is everything, seeing how he was – all that, it, it takes a while to ease into that, and we saw that progression. One of the things about that, and I'm glad you brought that up. I'm glad it key brought up in our pre-show meeting as well. I can't wait to see how much of an effect that's going to have on teams because the Big Ten didn't have anybody in stadiums last year. Mm-hmm. Other places had 50% capacity, 25% capacity. Now everybody's going to be full-throated. Whether they're vaccinated or not is immaterial because they want to make that money in college football. I can't wait to see the effect that we didn't see at times 
in college football, Jay and Key, that's going to be a major, major effect, especially seeing what happened last night where they were out of their minds in Minnesota. Or when Boise State played UCF, they were out of their minds, and UCF had that comeback winning that game last night, 36-31. to 31. That effect that was missing last year is going to have a major, major effect in 2021 in college football. He's Keyshawn Go Johnson. Go ahead. I'm sorry. He's Keyshawn I didn't know Key was going to jump in there. Yeah, Key was like, he agreed with everything we said. That's <laughs> enough said already. Or Keyshawn, Jay Will and Zubin, Keyshawn Johnson, Jay Williams, Freddie Coleman on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app series, XM Channel 80. You can always hit us up anytime you want on the Goodyear Hotline. That's when guests will join us as well. So now we move to the National Football League. And believe me, wait until you hear this story about the 100 versus the non-100 in the NFL. That comes your way next. Keyshawn, Jay Will and Zubin, the podcast. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. You can't tell it's Friday, Friday here, baby. Can't even tell. A Friday on a holiday weekend, mm-hmm. I might add. He's Keyshawn Johnson, he's Jay Williams, I'm Freddie Coleman, and Keyshawn yes, Jay Williams Zubin on the ESPN headed, Radio. I'm I already can, headed to the beach. I got I, my board. I'm surprised you don't have sand around your ankles in the studio right now on ESPN Radio with ESPN app and Sirius XM Channel 80. Always hit us up on Twitter. Freddie, I, I had to drink some ice right outside the studio. Why the night in the studio? Well, because it, we work for Disney, man. Mickey Mouse. I might get slap it, me. but I think on a holiday weekend. Mickey they, Mouse slap me. I know, but I think on a holiday weekend they might make a certain exemption. I've seen Mickey you. Mouse eat people up, chew them out. I, I ain't no, <laughs> ain't happening on my watch. Oh, that's you scared uh, of Mickey. Yeah, 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 I'm scared, I'm scared, of, scared Mickey of Mickey Key. too. You should be scared <laughs> of Mickey as well. But they pay our paychecks. Key's the president, though, so Key can do. You know, he he's the certain, president. He has certain liberties of the organization. Certain so. perks. Yes. Quid pro quos. I got it from that standpoint. Yes, no, I, ain't, I, I don't have the muscle. I know who has the muscle. It ain't me. Well, we know who has the muscle. We'll just keep his name out of everybody's mouth and keep that silent from that standpoint. Be a part of Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin Nation, a Dr. Pepper Twitter feed. You can do that at Keyshawn, at Real J. Williams, and at Coleman ESPN. Don't forget to call in the line as well at 888 espn 888-729-3776. ESPN Nation is presented by Dr. Pepper. College football is back and so are the fans. Return to glory with Fansville by Dr. Pepper, the one fans deserve. So Darius Leonard, the all-pro linebacker from the Indianapolis Colts, he says not quoting him, but according to reports, that he still needs more information before he gets the COVID-19 vaccine or the vaccine for COVID-19. Meanwhile, Key, on the other side, you have Bruce Arians, the head coach of the team that won the championship last year, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. 
he announced that the Buccaneers are 100% vaccinated. Once again, another case of the 100 versus the non-100 in the National Football League. Yeah, it's all about the information for a lot of guys' comfort level. Uh, Darius Leonard has the right uh, to to feel the way that he feels. And, and when you look at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, it's all about the communication. It's all about the medical staff, the coaches, the people that they bring in to educate their players to get them to understand it's okay to be vaccinated. And they, they must obviously have some sort of security to feel like, okay, I can go and get vaccinated. Um, so when you look at the Indianapolis Colts and you look at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, it seems like there's two extremes there, right? One's 100% vaccinated, and clearly the Indianapolis Colts are not vaccinated at 100% because you have one of their top players in Darius Leonard saying he needs more information. So if he needs more information, the Indianapolis Colts should get him more information so that comfort level can be eased. You see, I think one of the reasons why we love sports is because they really reflect and they mirror everyday life, right? I have family members who some don't feel comfortable yet, mm-hmm. knowledge-wise, to take the vaccine. And we have countless conversations. Now, the more information they download, still doesn't mean that they'll be comfortable. But, you know, a lot of people have started to throw around this asterisk. Like, well, does this season have an asterisk because of COVID, like last year? And, and my thing is, like, no, this is just a reflection of what goes through life. There are challenges that come through life. And just because a team is 100% vaccinated doesn't mean that they have, you might think going into the season they have a higher chance to win, but we're still mm-hmm. not accounting injuries. Right. We're still not accounting other things. So, look, it's really the luck of the draw. And as much as people say, well, you got to stay safe and abide by the rules, look, man, I, I, I had the vaccine. Okay, Freddie? I, I, I wore a mask. I, I was socially distant from people. I was very diligent. I caught the Delta variant. Okay? Like, it, it just, I don't know how I got it. I got it. So it, it's really, it's kind of luck of the draw in so many different ways. And we're going to see how the luck of the draw really affects different teams throughout the course of the season. Well, for, I think, I, I, I know, you know, when you, you could be vaccinated and still, like you said, Jay, contract the second wave, right? But at least the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are giving their, themselves an opportunity and a chance to repeat by having a hundred percent vaccination. Giving a chance is that that's it. You're not. You're not. They, they are limiting the opportunity for something as a major outbreak. Doesn't mean that it won't happen. Just means that they're putting limitations on it, which. You have to applaud. The Atlanta Falcons, the same thing. Again, it's all about organizations for me. It's about the communication. Yeah. And when you have people communicating and giving you the information, then you, it makes things a lot easier. I first off think everybody should have the vaccine. Just let me go ahead and say that, okay? Um, I get it that the NFL has protocol key. I understand exactly what you're talking about, and it's about mitigating risk. I understand that, increasing your chances to win. The, the problem that you end up having is that individuals still have their rights. And as much as you want everybody to do what's in the best interest of the team, people want to do what's in the best interest of their own team, which is themselves and their families. Now, that, that's, that's when it becomes murky and challenging for a lot of coaches. And you're even seeing Frank Wright and Chris Ballard talk about it. Yes, we want everybody to get vaccinated, but those are delicate conversations to have with guys like Carson Wentz, who talked about it the other day. Uh, and I don't know how you, you can't really push people. You can give them all the information, but you can't push them to do that. 
And that will have effects on your team if they do catch it. It's understood. A part of Straight Talk, by the way, Straight Talk Wireless and Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin on ESPN Radio. Here's something else to what you gentlemen just said that triggered in my mind right now when it comes to Darius Leonard saying that he needs more information when it comes to the vaccine. A lot of people do not want to be vaccine shamed because mm-hmm. they don't want to take the vaccine. For example, Bryson DeChambeau, and I couldn't believe he Great said call. this. Great call. Bryson DeChambeau said, well, here's why I don't want to take the vaccine. I want to make sure there's enough shots available for people who want to take it. I said, are you out of your rabbit behind mind to say something like that? There's enough vaccines out there for people to take it if they want. But I wonder how so many different players, whether it's Darius Leonard, Cam Newton, for example, they know that they don't want to get vaccinated. They don't feel comfortable being vaccinated, but they don't want to be vaccinated shamed by people either inside the organization with Cam Newton with the New England Patriots or outside the organization. And I wonder, Key and Jay, how much of that delicate conversation is in those locker rooms where guys are saying, dude, we need you, but I don't want to make you do something you don't want to do. And the guy on the other side is saying, I don't want to do this, but I I don't want to feel ostracized because I'm not getting it. And then guys looking at me sideways, putting people at risk. Freddie, can we tell the truth? I mean, this is a polarizing conversation. Oh, and, no regard, and this is political. This has turned completely. Po- it's, it's not political in my eyes. It's science, but it's been framed politically. So when you hear these conversations, that's why people won't say, well, I'm unvaccinated or I'm not vaccinated. I just don't want to talk about it or it's my individual right because they don't want to get shamed and it becomes something so much bigger. And every organization has to be prepared on how they're going to handle that when these outbreaks do occur. And we're not even factoring social media in this. I mean, you won't be able to if you're one of those guys that catches COVID and that forces your team to forfeit as much as people want to say that they are. Hey, I appreciate you. You're allowed to have your rights and what you want to do. You turn on your phone, uh, that's going to turn to shaming at a 5.0 level, and that's going to become a different conversation. Freddie, I don't, inside the locker room, I don't believe that players are communicating with other players about what they feel about if, in fact, they are vaccinated and they feel a certain way. I don't think that they get that deep into the weeds in others' business, whether they're teammates or not. Um I would feel, or at least I think, that guys uh, that are vaccinated would communicate with other guys that are not, but not telling them you should do it, you should do it, because they in locker room don't act. They people don't act like that in the locker room. You know, you don't get into other people's personal business, even though it could ultimately affect you. You just you you kind of let it let others do that. That's just the way that I see it. I don't see where guys will be in a locker room shaming other guys because they're not vaccinated. Real, real quick, do you think that has maybe changed a little bit? This is just me spitballing. Mm-hmm. Do you think it's changed a little bit because we are in a different time and age because of Jay Will's point, because of social media, people are more emboldened than ever before. I'm not saying that they're going to be that much more emboldened key in locker rooms, but because of the different time than when – I was in a locker room playing in college. Or you were in a locker room in the NFL. Or Jay was in a locker room in the NBA. It's a different maybe dynamic because of social media and people feeling more emboldened to speak their minds. Not saying that that's going on, but I think that possibility could possibly be there in this situation when it comes yeah, to COVID-19. It, it, 100% it, it could possibly be there. There's no question about it. I just, you know, guys haven't been around these young dudes a lot, and, and even though I've been out of the league, but I still am endowed in sure. because I'm around them. It, it just... Players don't really go in on people about their personal stuff unless it becomes ticky-tack, tit-for-tat on some off-the-field 
type stuff. Other than that, when it's dealing with these sort of serious matters, I just don't see where guys would take it to that level. I don't think there'll be a lot of conversations in a locker room, but to not think that there won't be that passive-aggressive, I know what's going on, and now I don't know how I feel, like that, that changes the dynamic of a locker room too. Like I don't need to say something to you. If I know someone about you and it, I know if it maybe it affects me differently than it maybe it affects Key, then that creates a different dynamic, especially if we're on the O-line together or if we're in a defense together. Or that's different. Yeah, either way, this conversation is not going to go away, and don't think it won't hit like wildfire if a team has to forfeit a game and the team that's supposed to play, they have to forfeit, and nobody's getting paid for that game. In that's the part. playoffs. Yeah. Oh, even before, guys don't miss money, period. Mm-hmm. Playoffs are not playoffs. That's why Straight Talk Wireless, no contract, no compromise. Great stuff from Keyshawn Johnson, Jay Williams. I'm Freddie Coleman on KJZ on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and Sirius X and Channel 80. And a friend of the show says that you should not buy too much stock and Mac Jones in New England. That's next. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger. For the ones who get it done. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Well, they put pressure on Mikey C with Alan Yates not in the building today here on KJZ hey, on Mikey ESPN C. Radio, the ESPN app and Series Action Channel 8. Keyshawn laid down the gun and said, hey, you better do, do right in the board. And so far, Mikey C has been doing his thing so far with the first part of this Bring show. Bringing a little bit more diversity. To Absolutely. Today, yeah. There's nothing wrong. There's, yeah, I like that. The diversity word is not a bad up. word. Yes. Some people try to make it a bad word, but it's not a bad word. It's a, an important <laughs> word. Oh, Have I said too much? Here we go. Have Here I gone go. too far? <laughs> we digging in early. <laughs> digging in on diversity. We are KJZ. <laughs> Speaking of digging in, Bart Scott has a caution for anybody out there that has a lot of faith in Mac Jones being the starting quarterback when it comes to the Patriots. He says that, hey, you may have a lot of belief in Mac Jones in New England, but he is predicting a long season in his rookie season for the star from Alabama. Listen, just because it looks like a duck and quacks like a duck, don't make it a duck. He can look like Tom Brady in the pocket. He can have the dad bod and everything that Tom Brady had, but it doesn't mean that he's going to be Tom Brady. But they don't need him to be Tom Brady, right? Because this is a user-friendly team right now that has great talent around Mac Jones. But when you talk about growth, and that's what you heard Bill Belichick say, the growth of Mac Jones, the growth is going to be stunted for a little while because the ceiling isn't that high for Mac Jones. When you get an Alabama player, you get a player that's pro-ready, but a, a player that's pretty much close to what he's going to be, right? Because he's going to get tremendous coaching. He's going to have tremendous football acumen. Stop me when you tell me the next, the last Alabama quarterback to come in this league and take the league by storm. All right, Keyshawn, you heard from your former NFL buddy. What do you think about what he had to say about Mac Jones? Well, I, I understand what he's saying, but I, you, you, you cannot judge every single player or quarterback that comes out of Alabama. Uh, I understand what he's saying. USC, had the school that I went to, had a problem post-Pete Carroll 
where players were successful, or better yet, not even post-Pete Carroll, with Pete Carroll, they were very successful in college, and it didn't necessarily, the success didn't necessarily transition over into the National Football League. But that's not because, you know, they were not good players. Sometimes it's systems. Sometimes it's laziness. Sometimes it's the wrong place at the right time. All of those sort of things happen to players in situations. I think Mac Jones has landed in a perfect spot for him to continue to grow. He will have growing pains, just like all rookie quarterbacks and rookie players in the National Football League. They're going to certainly have growing pains. But you must understand, Bart, my man Scott, he hates <laughs> New England. So no matter what New England does, Bart is going to go against it any damn way. Yeah. But, uh, well, to back up Bart's point, here's an interesting fact. In his college coaching career at Michigan State, LSU, and Alabama, Saban has had 10 quarterbacks play in the NFL. They posted a 54-75 and 75 record with 141 touchdowns, 121 interceptions, according to ESPN stats. Right. So I I hear what Bart is saying. I hear what Bart is saying. Let me finish, I hear what Bart is saying. But this is why I think it's going to be different from Mac Jones. Is Mac Jones like a talent, like a DJ Uglea? Did I say it right? DJU from Clemson? DJU is fine. DJU from Clemson? You can leave the last 11 letters alone. I don't blame you. As far as the ceiling, maybe not. But like I don't, I think there are two types of players that get drafted. I think you have transcendent players that, regardless of whatever the hell they go, they are going to change the trajectory of the franchise. The, the non-dependent of who you put around them does not matter. They are that talented. Then I think there are some players where it is about system. It is about who they're coached by. Don't get it twisted for one second. You are a byproduct of your environment. When you're around people that coach you up, as Key has alluded to multiple times, when you're around people in your system that are talented to enhance your skill set, sometimes just learning how to manage that and being in a system that mirrors the one that you are in somewhat in college can relate or translate to you being extremely successful at the next level. Like, we've seen it happen. I think Mac Jones is going to be phenomenal, and I disagree with Bart. I think Tua has a chance to be good because of the system he's in with Miami and Brian Flores and how they're coaching him up. If he's there long enough, depending upon how he can play this year. So I disagree with Bart, even though I know the numbers skew in his favor. Well, you, you, look, the, the numbers, I don't pay that any attention because when they were Nick Saban, they doing everything right in getting it done. Jamarcus Russell, for instance, was his quarterback at LSU. The dude got drafted by the Raiders. He went to the Raiders. Hey, did you really think that had anything to do with Nick Saban and the fact that he failed at the Raiders? I mean, come on, man. That that doesn't – Trent Richardson, Indianapolis Colts. That had nothing to do with Nick Saban. He got him there. He got him to the level that he needed to get him to to be successful – now it's just up to him to finish it off in the Indianapolis Colts to help him figure it out. It didn't happen. So I, I get what Bart is saying. Quarterbacks are very hard to judge. They're very hard to scout and judge. And when you look at the talent of the Alabama quarterback, especially under Nick Saban, did anybody ever think our own Greg McElroy was ever going to be a phenomenal NFL player? Right. I no. never thought. Right. No. He was going to be what he is. Did I ever think A.J. McCarron was getting ready to be Steve Young? No. No, but he was a hell of a college football player, and he could be a serviceable NFL guy. That's just the reality of it. 
So when you look at guys like a Mac Jones, for instance, now, who wasn't heavily recruited as, as Nick Saban alluded to yesterday, but for four years he stayed at Alabama, he stuck it out, and now all of a sudden he lands in a perfect situation with a hell of a coaching staff that will know what to do with him so he can have some success. I don't know what's going to happen to Tua. I don't give Alabama Jalen Hurts, even though they want to claim him. I give that to <laughs> Oklahoma because he finished his football career in his most successful college days were at Oklahoma at quarterback. So, you know, when I start to look at those things, I go, hey, it's all about situation, timing, and circumstance. To what you just said and what Jay just said about situation and circumstance and the product of your environment, people don't want to give Nick Saban credit. They say, oh, he gets all these guys. But he wasn't getting those kind of guys at quarterback playing like that until he got a Jalen Hurts, until he got a Tua Tungabailoa, until he got a Mac Jones. Because Nick Saban realized you better adapt or perish. Mm-hmm. He wanted to have those big linebackers and get downhill and be those thumpers. And then the college game went sideways. And Nick Saban said, I'm not going to be stuck in the 1980s and 1990s. So what am I going to do? Hey, Lane Kiffin, come here. I got a quarterback that can work. And I got some dudes in the outside. Julio Jones and all those wide receivers started going to Alabama. They were able to transition their game, and then they got the quarterbacks to help them transition. That's why I hear what Bart Scott is saying. He may have a point in terms of the ceiling, but it's different now with Nick Saban quarterbacks lately at Alabama than it was when he was at LSU, at Michigan State, and when he first got to Alabama. The A.J. McCarrens and the Greg McElroys of the world would not, get, would not be getting recruited by Nick Saban today. Because they're not transitional quarterbacks. The way that Jalen Hurts became before he left to go to Oklahoma. What Tua Tungvaluwa did beating out Jalen Hurts and then Mac Jones being in that quarterback room and the kid they got now. Those guys would be getting recruited, were not getting recruited then. They have to recruit them now to Alabama. Fred, think about the commonality for Mac Jones. You just talked about Nick Saban's ability to keep up with the times, right? To adapt to how the game is changing. Bill Belichick this year has shown you that he is keeping up with the times. He is get playmakers. getting playmakers. He is free agency, came on, established himself, moved up in the draft, got Mac Jones. I mean, all, all these things, like that commonality and how these two coaches think and the fact that they're friends, don't think that that's not a major factor and whether that can translate to Mac Jones being successful. Bill Belichick don't know no damn Nick Saban. <laughs> <laughs> Are you breaking news here? <laughs> breaking news. <laughs> they don't know each other. Got the same monotone, same interview styles. I'm trying to think. Is Bill, they probably, I mean, yeah, they're about the same. About the same. They're, they're, yeah, right? they're, they're twin sons of the same mother, man. Those yeah, two. They, 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 they are to a degree. I'm not like, when I met with Saban, I felt intimidated. When I'm around Bill, I don't feel, I'm like. But you know Bill, You know Bill. But I know Nick, too. Okay. I know Nick, yeah. too. I know, but yeah. It's it's just a different, I don't know, I don't know what it is. But Keith, Nick, do you think that's Nick more? make you scared, it feels like. I'm, I, I, I'm already out the league. I done played everything. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. <laughs> yes, well, sir. There, there is no, sir. About, to Keith, there is something about Nick, though, it's, Maybe it's more the college feel, right? Like when you're Maybe. at like Bama, it just feels like, mm-hmm. you know, Bill Belichick is powerful and the Patriots are Bill Belichick, but Bama is Nick Saban. And you just feel it all the way around with how he runs practice. It's everything is his. It's orchestrated. It's catered to him. And then when he got all those trophies in his damn office, you just like, damn, this is different right here. It's a kiss the ring kind of feeling compared to Nick Saban. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I guess it is, Freddie, because it was, it was just interesting 
being around and, and going through the whole process. And, you know, I remember when he when he called me for the first time, mm-hmm. and I had known Nick prior to that, but when he called me for the first time, it was like, Nick Saban. Oh, man. You know, it's like Nick. Cause, cause, <laughs> cause what happened was Lane called me. Cause right. Lane was the assistant. Lane calls. He says, hey, coach is going to call you. It's like Lane. Coach is going to call you. In about thirty minutes, make sure you buy the phone. And I, and right there, that set me up as, oh, I'm in trouble, kind of feeling. Right. And even though I wasn't like that, but when he called, I'm like, hello, like <laughs> yeah, he's right here. You know, asking about my son, and he was just, it was just interesting. It was wow. a very interesting conversation. Here's Nick Saban for you, Freddie. I go to speak down in Alabama. I say I speak a lot of places, right? Coaches don't ask, what are you going to talk about. They say, hey, you know, this is where my team is. This is what we're going through. Maybe you can cater your mm-hmm. talk to what we're going through. Here's Nick. So do you have a – is there a one-pager that you have that you can kind of showcase me what points you plan on hitting and we can talk it through? Oriented. And I said, damn, a one-pager? Mm-hmm. A one-pager? Like, that's the kind of mm-hmm. presence of mind that Nick Saban has. Great stuff by Jay Will. Also, Keyshawn Johnson, Freddie Cohen, Keyshawn, Jay Will, and Zubin on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and Sirius XM Channel 80. And this is leading to a bunch of weekends, biggest games of the first full college football weekend. We mentioned that Alabama and Miami are part of this whole thing. It's time to do a little four downs. We're going to do a little first down, everything like that. Mikey C is going to hear some college football music. Let's do it right now. First down. So you got number five, Georgia, versus number three, Clemson, both in the AP preseason top five. And I firmly believe, and Key, we'll start with you and Jay. You can transition yep. after that. I firmly believe that, of course, you can lose early, but you can't lose late. But a Georgia team beat up from the feet up, especially all over the place on defense, Clemson is ready to run away and hide, but Georgia's not going to make it easy, this game being played in Charlotte. No, it, it, they won't. And you think about the transfer from USC and JT Daniels came on slow last year, but this year is a big year for JT. When you look at the receiver position, they're very thin at Georgia. They lose George Pickens. He was hurt in the springtime. And in the secondary, they lose four NFL starters to draft picks yep. to, to the draft, the NFL draft, but they went into the portal and got a guy named Tariq Smith that came over from West Virginia. They also picked up uh, Dion Kilpatrick, if I'm if I'm saying that correctly, who transferred, which coincidentally from Clemson in February. Mm-hmm. So right. this is going to be a very very interesting football game. Clemson is going to be ready to go. I'm sure they've got to get their defense retooled. Their defense has struggled over the last couple of years. I think Coach Venable knows that. He's got to get some players in there offensively. You know what they have in DJU at the quarterback position. Let's see what happens. Yeah, both uh, Clemson rarely loses at home, so this is going to be interesting to see. The game in Charlotte, by the way. Charlotte, that's right. So that's going to be a home game. Yeah, home game, essentially, for Clemson. <laughs> that's a home game. Uh, both teams are, you know, top 10 defensively, maybe even top five. And I, I think the interesting thing is for, you know, Georgia – They'll get other opportunities if they lose this game because of the clout and the power of the SEC. Whereas Clemson, if they lose this game, what else can you really do to your resume in the ACC? Because the ACC is not one of the best conferences football-wise. Let's go to second down. Second down. From the We Know This Now You Will department when it comes to number one Alabama versus number 14 Miami, they've won, meaning Alabama, 19 straight season openers on the field. Only Ohio State has a longer active streak in the FBS. As my dad, Freddie Coleman Jr., law to New York, would say, uh-oh, the old boy, Jay, when it comes to Miami trying to be- take down Alabama. I'll let Key get into the football nuances, but I-, I do look forward to seeing Bryce Young and how he plays in this game. But I, something that stands out to me in this game is Bill O'Brien. 
offensive coordinator, right? Like, think I about what this what happened with Bill O'Brien <laughs> a couple years ago. I mean, trading DeAndre Hopkins, Deshaun Watson, that whole saga, the way that whole thing has played out. Now getting a chance to redeem himself, being on this type of platform with the tools and the skills that are on his team. It's going to be interesting to see. Well, everybody's talking about Alabama clearly because they're the number one team in the country and everyone wants to know about Bryce Young thrusting onto the scene, coming out of Southern California, a freshman quarterback. All Everybody wants to know about all those sort of things and what will Alabama be. But when you look on the other side of the field and you look at Manny Diaz and the Miami Hurricanes, you got to think about King, the quarterback. What will they be? How will they play? Will they have a way to figure out how to upset the Alabama Crimson Tide. Then you look at the defensive side of the ball for them and Buda Bolton, who's a great safety with a long line of guys that have played at Miami from the Air Reeds to the Taylors. That side of the ball for them is a must. Offensive line help to stop the stout defensive line from the uh, Alabama Crimson Tide that will penetrate and cause havoc for them. So this is going to be one of those games where I'm looking at it and I'm sitting there and saying to myself, what will happen? Will it be a runaway or will it be a close game? Alabama tends to blow teams out week one of college football season. Miami may be a different story, though. Let's go to third down. Third down. Number 19, Penn State. Number 12, Wisconsin. This may be a throwback game. Even though the Big Ten is not a throwback league anymore, both of these teams are going to play tough defense and run the football. Penn State has won the last four meetings, and Wisconsin struggled recently against ranked teams. They've lost five straight against ranked teams in their last five meetings. Yeah, I think it's going to be a low-scoring battle in this game. I give a slight edge to Penn State. I do look forward to seeing QB Sean Clifford going against a very solid Wisconsin secondary. You know, it, it's one of those deals where Wisconsin's going to run the football. You know what they're going to do. They're big and stout. They're going to push people around up front. If they can get back to playing Wisconsin football, then, hey, the loss of Michael Parsons in on the defensive side of the ball for Penn State could certainly help. In their secondary, Joey Porter Jr., it could be a tremendous asset for them, but we'll see. Last but not least. Fourth down. Oh, this is all you, Keyshawn. San Jose State at your number 15 USC Trojans. Keaton Slovis has averaged over 301 yards Ooh. per game in his career, trailing only UCF quarterback Dylan Gabriel among active FBS players. You and worry, you're shaking Key? your head. You worry, yeah, you Key? Know, you, you know how I feel about the air raid offense, and this is what we run at USC. We air it all over the place. So statistically, he's going to be on par with some of the top quarterbacks in the country. But that's not it. The key mistakes that Kevon Slovis has made in the past has come back to hurt USC. They're facing a San Jose State team that went 7-1 in the Mid-America Conference last year. So we'll see Drake Jackson up front. We'll see what Drake London does at the receiver position. I may go to the game or I may watch it on the Pac-12 network. I haven't decided yet. By the way, San Jose State has lost 14 straight against Pac-12 teams. That should make Keyshawn Johnson feel a little bit better about USC not being an upset victim. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. Straight Talk Wireless has rolled out 5G coverage nationwide, and you can get a Samsung Galaxy A32 5G for only $299 with no contract. All in America's best networks. Straight Talk Wireless, 5G cable device required. Actual availability, coverage, and speed may vary. Great part with four downs with those guys. Brought to you by Geico. Whether you rent or own, Geico makes it easy to bundle home and car insurance. Go to Geico.com today. That is Geico.com today. You can also do this on Twitter. Spread, yeah. on this, spread on this game. Minus 14. Minus USC. 14. Where Minus you going? 14. USC, man. You should feel confident going points? into this one. Yeah. We, went, we were in a dog fight with Western Michigan a couple years ago, please. That's true. <laughs> it's for enough when it comes to college football. That's next on KJZ. 
Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.